0: Well good morning everyone. Happy Easter Sunday 2020 Uh, indeed. I think we can all feel continually that it's a strange sort of normal that we're living in. I think I've been reminded about that and I'm sure you have too over the last few weeks. I think it first dawned on me that it's a strange normal when we started to see empty shelves appearing in the aisle where toilet paper used to appear. Woolworths, Coles, all of a sudden we started to see people stockpile this most precious item And it made me stop and think these are strange days, a strange kind of normal In fact I felt this just on Good Friday that it's just gone uh, It's my habit and the habit of one of my colleagues Langdon To go to the 7-Eleven at Unanderra, uh, just down the road from our church And I went in there, did what I always do I like to get to know the staff and I wanted to wish them a uh, happy Easter as well buy my coffee, which I did, uh, pick up the paper. And as I did that and went to the counter to pay for the coffee, the lady behind the counter just sort of... I felt like she whispered it quietly. She said, Sir, we have some toilet paper. Would you like to buy some? It just seemed really strange. And the toilet paper were hidden under the shelves where the cigarettes are. And so, of course, I did what any normal person would do under the circumstances... And I said, yes. I felt like I was buying contraband. And so I got my coffee, put the toilet paper under my arm, sort of I felt myself walking quickly to the car, quickly put the paper in the car and drove out. And I felt, wow, this is odd. I've actually bought coffee and toilet paper. It just seems strange. And so we are living in this, what I call a strange kind of normal at the moment. And so as we today... Continue to think about Easter Sunday, resurrection. Let me stop and pray. Heavenly Father, may it be that we have ears to hear what you want to say to us today. Father, may it be that as we live this through this strange kind of normal, we start to find a new normal, where indeed we find you, and we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, what is normal? I have been pondering this over the last few weeks. What is normal? Um, Normal used to be something we're all pretty familiar with. Um, Average, the same as yesterday, uh, that which is expected, no variation. And I think for most of us, we consider that normal, while there's been such incredible advances in science, in technology, even in sexuality, uh, we we keep thinking we've, we've progressed We've progressed and yet in the last few weeks we've now realised the simple reality that life as we know it is very, very fragile. Uh, that we truly are vulnerable, that maybe we're not, we're not as clever as we thought we were. Maybe we're not as secure as we thought we were. Maybe we can't control or even yet conquer this COVID-19 virus and maybe our lives on this fallen planet are far more risky than we ever want to admit. Uh, our needs can be disrupted. The supply chains, as we know, can be broken. And we're all feeling that as well. Uh, we can see how fragile things are. Uh, I read the other day that the director of a hospital in Spain, he was traumatized by the images of the emergency care unit uh, where he worked. And he said this, we have sinned from too much confidence. I think those words certainly resonated with me. We've sinned from too much confidence. You see, our bodies and even our life itself are vulnerable, not only to death, but to what, and we have only heard this recently, the writer of Hebrews chapter 2 talks about, the fear of death. What does it mean? And so when we think of this strange normal and what normal might be on this Easter Sunday of 2020, uh, let me say that the resurrection of Jesus uh, resonates with our human condition. Uh, C.S. Lewis, uh, that great Christian writer, once made the comment in his book, The Problem of Pain, uh, that indeed this is like a megaphone. Pain is like a megaphone to a deaf world, to awaken a deaf world. Uh, And as sadly the death toll rises around the globe, we need to sit up and listen and to hear what God has to say. Uh, I don't have to, I believe today, try to somehow make out as though the resurrection of Christ is relevant. It is relevant. We know that because of the world we're living in, because of what we're seeing around us. if if the Bible has anything to say to us right now, it is about this Easter. Is it about it is about resurrection and of Christ? Uh, because it's through the resurrection of Jesus that a broken and fragile and temporary world can find a new normal, can move to a different place. As we look to what God has to say, uh, one writer said this about the Christian life. He said, "Our old history." ends with the cross, and our new history begins with the resurrection. Uh, Easter Sunday, if it, if it is anything, it is the pivot point of all of history, where everything is changed. So what is, can I ask this question this morning, what is normal about death? You may not like me asking such a question, but I think it has to be asked. Because if there's anything we know in our current climate, anything we should be talking about, it is about our mortality. Uh, the conversation that acknowledges that we do not live forever. The conversation that we probably don't have around our dinner tables. And that's, in fact, I'm wondering if that is change in our households now. We're no longer just actually watching TV from our lounge. We're actually sitting together and talking. Um, maybe we are too scared in the past And I hope not today to actually ask that great question, so what happens to me when I die? And as you and I know, there's absolute statistical certainty, 100% of us one day will pass away. You see, when it comes to death, there's one thing we know, and that is that dead people do not rise again. Dead people do not walk amongst us. And my friends, this is exactly what Mary Magdalene and and the other Mary and and Salome and others, when they're walking to the graveside, they knew what was normal. They would have experienced that in their own life. Uh, As a pastor, I know this full well. I know this is so true that when it comes to normal and death, there are some things you can guarantee. I remember my first experience... I want to use the phrase when I was in year 12, but for the old ones like me, we know it was actually something different called sixth form. The year is 1974. It's May of 1974. It's a Friday afternoon. I'm walking down the road where we lived and my brother comes out the front of the house and he said, Ian, don't go inside. Dad's really upset. His twin brother had just passed away. And that was the first time I'd realised how vulnerable, vulnerable we are. I've seen my own brothers grieve at the loss of their wives. One of my worst experiences as a pastor was some 20 years ago, August, year 2000. And I had to help a grieving dad and mum farewell their one-year-old daughter. And I can still picture, I was down at Shell Harbour, just down the road from Fig Tree. And as I walked with the dad, as he held this small casket in his arms... I felt so useless. Uh, Death consumed us all. I I had no words that could accommodate or deal with his grief. Because why? we know what is normal when it comes to death. It's painful. It's horrible. Uh, It's one thing, it's irreversible. Yet, on that very first Easter Sunday, something profound happened. I don't think anyone had any idea of what was about to happen or the power that was behind what was going to happen. It was day three. We just heard it out by James. Now after the Sabbath, as the first day of the week began to dawn, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came to see the tomb. Nothing strange here. They'd seen Christ die. The Saturday, was getting, the, the, the tomb was getting secured and they come to do what We would expect they came to be part of an experience that others, like myself, go through after someone passes away. Nothing strange or very normal. Uh, They came to the place where he was laid to remember him. Maybe to hug. Maybe to cry together. Maybe to realise that at least he's no longer in pain. And take note, can I just say this, because it's something we need to pick up in today's climate. They go together. They go together. How I miss that at the moment. And and when I say that, if there's ever a time and place we need each other, it is during this time of death. It makes me sad, I'm sure many of you too, that one of the saddest realities during our current crisis is that far too many people will die alone. They may see a nurse or a doctor through uh, protective clothing. But indeed, they have to experience their passing alone. Incredibly hard to sense and feel. And yet, on that first Easter, something happened. We read further in verse 2. There was a violent earthquake. For an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothes were white as snow The guards were so afraid of him they shook and became like dead men it's, it's hard to put in words what the experience must have been like for the two Marys We read the angel said to them He is not here he is risen as he said come see the place where the lord lay and go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead and indeed he is going before you into galilee there you will see him behold i've told you Uh, can you imagine in any sense what was going on through their minds it's one thing to think this is normal to do what they were doing to go to the tomb it's another thing to get closer to him and all of a sudden to see an angel sitting on top of the stone, giving instruction, saying, look, folks, he's not here. He is risen. He's alive. Go and see him. Wow. You know, well, What are they thinking? What are they experiencing? I mean, the angel had said to them, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. I don't know what that's like to have an angel sitting on a a stone saying, don't be afraid. But I can tell you one thing. This is so not normal. And yet, this is exactly what Jesus had spoken. That This is exactly what the Old Testament had said was going to happen. This is exactly what had been pointed to. The hopes, the future, that someone had to die a price had to be paid a lamb had to be sacrificed and now we know the grave could not hold his body down everything Jesus came to do he did he came to bring forgiveness secured he came to bring us a future done he came so that sins could be uh, set aside the slate wiped clean done and now something had been unleashed that would never again be assaulted by this thing called death. And the Apostle Paul says this in a letter he writes to a church in Corinth. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Oh, He goes further and says, where is your sting? And as we live our lives today, if there's one thing we need to realize and to have hope and to rejoice, is the fact death no longer has its hold on us because of what Christ has done? He's so, so powerful and such good news. In a, in a real sense, those three days Good Friday, the isolation of Saturday, the feelings that people must have when someone passes, and indeed this day, this Easter Sunday. You know, there are some people maybe today who are listening. For the first time maybe there's some people who, who checked us out on good friday and maybe if that's you and i haven't met you face to face maybe one day we will maybe your life this year has been a real heartache a struggle uh, as a grandfather i'm missing my grandkids i'm missing seeing my kids i'm missing seeing my church family the face-to-face connections the things that we would take for granted the hugs the handshakes the high fives all gone But what about you out there? How has your life gone? Are you struggling with things? Are you finding life getting harder and harder? Are you having even more concerns about the future? Has your fear meter increased? And is it increasing? Let me ask you directly, where have you placed your hope? What is it in this life you've placed your hope in? Have you yet looked to the Christ of the Gospels? Has any Easter ever grabbed you in such a way that sought to bring you change, profound change? Death indeed has been swallowed up in victory. And a new life begins today. And a new life can begin today for you too if you look to Christ. Why? Because there is a Redeemer. There is a Redeemer and if I was brave enough... I'd burst out singing the Keith Green song, There is a Redeemer, but I'm not that brave. No grave can hold Jesus' body down. Again, the Apostle Paul in a part of the Bible called 1 Corinthians 15 says this, For what I received I passed on to you as of first importance, uh, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day according to those same Scriptures. So what is normal when it comes to this thing called death? Well, we know what's normal is the dead don't rise. And so, well, what's the significance of these three days? We've even called our Easter theme that a lot can happen in three days. What's the significance of that? Here's a couple of things to think about. First, the resurrection after three days proves to Jesus' opponents that he was truly dead. None of this superstition, well, he really wasn't. No, he was. Three days proves that. Why? Because according to even Jewish tradition, a person's soul and spirit remained with them in their body until at least three days. It was only after three days that the soul, the spirit departed. So that needed to happen just to affirm that truth. Of course, we know the other strong proof is that Jesus himself, In Matthew 16, speaking to his disciples, would say to them directly, as he did on other occasions, he would say this. He'd explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things uh, at the hands of the the chief priest, the elders, Pilate, and others. And then what? He must be killed. He must die and rise again. Matthew 16. Of course, those who know that part of God's word in Matthew 16 also know the response of a, let's say, fairly key figure in church life, Peter. When Peter says, no way, this cannot happen. But Jesus, knowing full well the truth of what he is saying, echoes those famous words to Peter, get behind me, Satan. This has to happen because this is God's will. And it must happen. So the three days are significant even in the whole history of Christ and his death. It also highlights how God's power is revealed. God's power. I don't know whether you and I, I feel like sort of laughing as I read about the NRL and wanting them to go back next month and using the language, well, it's an act of God. If you ever want to know about an act of God, if you ever want to know about the power of God, then look to Easter Sunday. Look at the resurrected Christ. Look at the simple fact that he is risen. There is an act of God. There is something that has profoundly shaped the world that we live in, my world and your world. You think about it. An angel sitting on a stone. Wow. A dramatic statement of supernatural power. The tomb's empty. Brothers and sisters, the tomb is empty. Another indication of supernatural power. And what's... What's what's the response? Never forget the response. They worshipped him. When the women met Jesus, they worshipped him. And look, if you're going to invent a story, if you're going to spin a yarn or tell a tale and try and get someone to believe something, there's some things you shouldn't do and wouldn't do, and especially in the first century. For example, you're hardly going to include women as the first witnesses. You just wouldn't do that. (laughs) <laughs> you'd find some other way to seek verification. And the other reality is that so many saw Jesus after his resurrection. They were willing to put their lives at stake and to testify about what they saw. That's not just believing in something that's irrational. It's actually verifying the fact that they actually saw the risen Christ. You can see that again and again it affirmed in Scripture. At one point, over 500 people saw Christ alive when I think about normal there's one thing we know about normal the way we've been living our lives hasn't worked the things that we have done haven't worked the way we consider our life the way we think about God or not think about God or not think about our future destination Or not even be brave enough to ask the question, so what happens at the end of time? What happens when I die? There's some things we know. We cannot ignore our future. We can no longer ignore our soul and our spirit. If anything, through the current crisis, we are considering deeper things that we need to. We can't just pull the shutters down in our eyes and think it'll all go away and we'll go back to this thing called normal. You know, our posters, our postcards, our rock stars, our, our film stars, all, those, all the tools we do, all the, the glossy books we read. You know, can I let you in on a secret? They really haven't satisfied our hearts. We still long for much, much more. They give some pleasure escapism that great word Uh, but they can never compare to the beauty and the understanding of a risen christ how is your life going how how are you going right now what are the things you're focusing on when you walk to your window and look outside what, what are you longing for not just for the current circumstance to be over but i get the sense that we're longing for much, much more. And it's irreversible. And we need to get this, that all of us are facing the same end. Maybe some of us are scared about that. But things are different now. So do we really want to go back to this thing called normal? Wow, this word normal, it has fascinated me. Many people would never want to be considered normal, normal being average. I'm just the same as everyone else. Uh, no, and yet I'm hearing more people say, I can't go. wait to go back to normal. I, I can't go, wait to go back to the way it was. I can't wait to go back to yesterday. Yet uh, at the moment, and I'm feeling this a little bit, people are overwhelmed, they're stressed, they're anxious, they're nervous. I mean, maybe prior to February, we were just so caught up in living the life we were living. And yet many people were still living from paycheck to paycheck. Immanuel uh, Kant made this comment many years ago. We are not rich by what we own, but by what we can live without. And isn't that our experience now? Aren't we right now working out what it is we can live without? And when it comes to God... Let me tell you, we need Jesus, we need a Redeemer, we need hope, we need a future. We need to point to something beyond this life, not just because of this crisis. Because we know if you go back in history, there's always something happening around us. But wow, simply put, can I say this? Normal isn't working. So what is it we want to go back to? Where we forget the things that really matter. We no longer have those conversations we need to have, the things that really have deeper meaning. A normal where we once thought that we're in control and we had all the answers to all of life's dilemmas. No, I want a new normal. I want a new normal with a new hope. And that's what I want to talk to you about today, this new kind of normal. And the last chapter of Matthew highlights that. And you can see these three massive mountain peaks, one writer calls them. The power of God, the kindness of God, the purpose behind Christ's own mission. And we know that if our hearts are with the risen Christ, we have a future. We have a place to go. Our greatest need and desires can be satisfied. Novelists, movie makers, there's so much that you can watch on TV. They never really quite capture who Christ is. For me, and I think for you, we need the real thing. The original, the one who died, the one who paid the penalty for my sins and your sins, the one who was risen. Again, wow. Just think that verse 5 from Matthew 28. He is not here. He is not here. He is risen. How I'd long to see that. How I would long to meet Christ or for Christ to meet me where I'm at. Wow. Again, the response to worship, to bow down before him. Don't miss how astonishing this is. Don't miss how inconceivable this is of what we speak about. The resurrection of Christ should certainly certify once and for all that Jesus is God's Son, the Lamb who takes away the sin of the world. And what should our our response be? To worship, to bow down, to say thank you, God, to own a new life in Christ. Easter is a great day and a great time to reaffirm those who know Christ, to reaffirm your passion and love for Him. Uh, Early this morning, uh, which I've done for many years, I put on Keith Green, for those who know uh, the great musician Keith Green, and just listen to his songs. Oh, they are so rich in meaning. Jesus meets us where we are. You don't have to somehow change to come to Christ. He meets you no matter who you are, no matter your past. He meets you where you are. He meets our needs He answers our questions and gives us a hope. And we can become alive with hope and oh how we need hope. Um, The female writer, the one you might know, Joni uh, Tata Erickson, she said this, The best we can hope for in this life is a not whole peak at the shining realities ahead. Yet a glimpse is enough. It's enough to convince our hearts that whatever sufferings and sorrows currently assail us aren't worthy of comparison of that which awaits for us just over the horizon just over the horizon and Joni knows about pain and anguish this is why the women were filled with joy at what had happened so the women hurried away from the tomb afraid yet filled with joy and ran to tell the disciples and suddenly Jesus meets them. Greetings, he said. They came to him, clasped his feet and worshipped him. Can you imagine that scene? Jesus wants to come to you today. He wants you to come and grab hold of him. Because in doing so, you too can stop and be filled with joy. Jesus' resurrection. It's funny, his enemies could not somehow count for his, the body being <laughs> disappeared um it, it's just one of those things it's like did you check the term do you really believe what you're seeing? Uh, outside the cross rabbi zachariah says uh, there is no hope in this world can you hear that today outside of this moment in time the death and resurrection of jesus there is no hope in this world he goes on uh, the cross and the resurrection are the core Of the good news of the Bible and are at the core of hope for all humanity. Don't you want that? I want that. Don't you want that today yourself? And so it's like when the new normal becomes abnormal, we're now in a different situation. If this was my last Easter to you, I'd want you to know this that Christ is risen, He provides a hope and a future. Come to him, accept what he has done. He has risen, that great news, there's a new future. He is God. He did what he said he was going to do. Love was costly, but it wasn't in vain. The resurrection of Jesus proves that again and again and again. The stone was rolled away. The tomb was empty. The witnesses testify he is not here. He's not here. He lives. And we can stop and praise God for that understand again and again those who went to the tomb know what normal is like when it comes to death they know what to see they know what to expect yet on that day in that moment they were stunned shocked filled with joy because he lived and he lives today for you and for me some might say to us that i've experienced so much in this life but you haven't fully experienced all of life until you've met with god What the women found was their their dreams fulfilled, hopes nourished, and a future given. And that is what the gospel offers you. Whatever you're struggling with, whatever might be wrapping its arms around you, and sometimes even tightly, whatever situation you find yourself in, whatever you are struggling with, past and present, there is good news. There is hope in Jesus Christ. God loves you no matter what. God loves you no matter what. You see, right now, you and I are waiting for everything to be opened. Our favorite restaurants, our favorite coffee shops. I'm looking, my wife and I didn't get to go to a restaurant to celebrate our wedding anniversary. I'm longing to just take her out and to actually go and rejoice. And I just feel like getting on the phone and calling up a restaurant and saying, can you reserve a seat for me? Can you reserve a seat? But what about when it comes to heaven? Have you got a reserve seat in heaven? You can. You can have one by trusting in Christ and looking to Him. Uh, May it be that today, as I invite you to come to Christ, to no longer accept normal, but go to a new normal, a new place where you accept Christ. May it be that just like Friday and Saturday and coming into Sunday, may it be that today is just the beginning for you because the grave is could no longer hold him down.